Hello, 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 and welcome to the third episode of Hustle Faithfully Podcast. He's Ricardo. And he's Jonathan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, today we are going to be discussing everything that you produce must go down before it comes up. Today's reading is brought from... Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Uh, we won't read the entire um, text because it's 23 verses. But um, those that are familiar with the parable of the sower, uh, this is where Jesus compares the receptiveness of the heart to soil that's receptive to a seed. And there are four different heart types um, that he compares our hearts to our soil types he compares our heart to. There's the hard, hard heart or hard soil. There's shallow heart or shallow soil. There's the crowded heart, heart or rocky soil. And then there's the fruitful heart, heart, which is the fertile soil. So this discussion that we're gonna have is we're gonna use that as the type for what we're talking about when we talk about those things that grow must go down before they go up. That's right. This encompasses way more than just a basic seed. Of course, this story is a metaphor. It could be a watermelon seed. It could be the seed of your dreams. It could be the seed of your relationships, of your friendships. This is metaphorically speaking for the seeds that you plant in life and to make them grow, make them blossom. So what happens when you take a seed and you drop it on, say, a driveway or in the middle of the street? What happens to those seeds? Those seeds, those scatter seeds that nothing is done with, like knowledge, like knowledge that you gain, whether it's on a podcast like this, in reading, mentorship, or whatever it is, it ends up being scattered because it never lands in fertile soil or gets planted deep. So it's surface level. So it gets stolen or not utilized. That's right. And the birds come down, the squirrels run mm-hmm. off with it, and it produces absolutely nothing. So I'm going to bring you the good news today. All you have to do is find the fertile ground, plant the seed, and then walk away, and your job is finished. You're done. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Right? So there's more to... Harvesting a seed. Yeah. How yeah. does that look? Well, I mean, like any good farmer. I mean, we do got a, got a bunch of city boys on here, uh, a bunch of city people. But I'm from the country. Jonathan is too. We know that if you're gonna have and harvest, then you have to put the work in in order for the seed to be in position to do what a seed does. That's right. Seed has life in it, but you have to give it what it needs to grow. So it has to go in the ground, but the only way it gets in there is intentionally. That's right. And when you harvest the seed, that comes after many, many, many months of preparation. Mm -hmm. There is so much. You got to water it. You have to water it every day. My oldest daughter has a watermelon plant in our yard. Now, this was in a pot until just a couple of days ago. And her and my oldest son went out and planted it in the yard because it had just grown up way too much. 
The beauty to this seed is it just started as a little seed, very small seed. Mm. And my daughter has been out daily watering it, making sure that it's getting the right sunlight, the right nutrients and everything. Now that seed has arms on it that are probably four feet long. Right, right. And there's two or three different, different vines that are coming off of it now. That is all because she took a little simple handheld seed and nurtured it daily. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing. Even though there's big arms, big vines on this plant, there's still no watermelon. Right. After months of pouring into it, after months of daily devotion to taking care of it, technically there's still nothing there. Right. It's a watermelon seed. She's not doing this for the beauty of the vine. She's doing it for watermelon. Right. That's just like everything in life. When you plant a seed, you have to nurture it. You have to grow it. When, you, when the seed is your business, when the seed is a dream that God has birthed in your heart, you've got to plant those seeds. And oftentimes, that is the scariest point. Right. I know you've been in business for yourself. I'm in business for myself. You work your hardest when you make your lease. Mm. That's the challenging part to it. My wife just started a business, and she is a superstar. Incredible, incredible work she's doing. I'm very proud of her. She is up till midnight, 1 o'clock, every single day working this business. And just full transparency right now with it being a brand-new business, I think so far this month she's made like 200 bucks. She's getting paid less than a dollar an hour for everything she's putting in. But yet, she continues to pour in. Yeah. She continues to nurture it. And she has a great thing that's going to take off as soon as school starts. Because it is school-related, public right. school-related. Right. You know, one of my businesses that is still in operation today, 20 years strong, when I first started, I made nothing. In fact, I spent more than I made. But I had to get it out there. I had to keep pushing. I had to keep going. And then that business blossomed into a multi-million dollar business. Mm -hmm. But it took constant and never-ending improvement. It took daily devotion to pushing it out there, to getting it into the hands of people. It took daily struggles to see to it that other people could benefit from what I was offering. Same thing with this podcast. We're pushing it out. Like we said at the beginning, this is episode number three. We are pushing really hard. And we're thankful for every single viewer and every single listener that's here. And it will continue to grow. Yeah, it will. That's just the way business is. You know, you had the overnight successes that people see as overnight successes. I have one of those. He's a dear friend in my life. He is actually the absolute motivator on YouTube. So those of you that are listening, those of you that are watching, you've probably heard of him. He's one of the two fastest growing YouTubers on the face of the planet right now. He is what many people will look at as an overnight success. Right. Yet, because I know James personally, 
because I hear some of his story that is not on absolute motivation, I realize that that's overnight took 20 years to create. And that's the thing with planting that seed. It is human nature for us to plant a seed and say, I want the fruits of this plant right now. I start this business on Monday. By Friday, I should be retiring if that's my heart's desire. (laughs) Yet, that's not reality. Right. It's little steps here, little Mm -hmm. steps there. Mm -hmm. And never discount those little steps. Because, you know, the, the person that is not wanting to move until they can make the huge leap, the huge jump, oftentimes they're going to be standing still for so long. But somebody that understands the concept like yourself, like me, like our incredible listeners and viewers, what you understand, what you realize is this. A little step here and a little step here and a little step here gets you ascension on the ladder of success. And although that other person may jump up really quick, your slow, steady climb, you will catch up and oftentimes surpass them. Because it's all about the seed that you're planting and nurturing that seed on a daily basis. Right, right. Now, all the things you just said are absolutely 100% correct. And I want to piggyback um, off of uh, the things that you said about, um, um, you mentioned absolute motivation and about the idea of overnight success. Mm-hmm. Now, there are things that look like overnight success that aren't. And there are things that look like an overnight success and they are. The way that you tell the difference is stay in power. Right. Because one is shallow soil and the other one is deep soil. One is it has done the work to go deep before they come up. The other, because it was planted shallow, it grew, but it also had stunted growth. You know, it grew prematurely and it didn't grow as high as it could. And then at the first sign of trouble, the first sign of an intense rain, whether it's a literal rain for a real plant or proverbial rain, and you talk about in your life, it washes it away right. or it wilts under the pressure. But someone like, we were talking about uh, James Dixon and the absolute, uh, um, absolute motivation. That journey took a very long time because you had to go deep right. before you could go high. But now look at the height of that seed that was planted. This is exactly what we're doing now, but also what we're talking to the listeners about doing. Not just getting the seed, but being intentional about tilling your soil and then making sure you're in the right soil because you could be in the wrong soil. You know, you could be in soil that's not aerated. It doesn't have the, uh, the oxygen. It, it doesn't have the nutrients, like getting in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in a room. I'm with information, but is it the right information? That's right. So you can sow seed in the wrong place, and then you cut the seed out, but the seed isn't the problem. The seed has in it what it's always going to have in it. All it knows how to do is grow. Your job is to put it in the right ground. That's right. And you mentioned four different types of ground, four different types of seed. Can you repeat what those are from, from the Bible text that mm-hmm. we had? Yeah. Yeah, we have the, the hard earth, which was one. 
and that's a hard soil, I'm sorry. You have the rocky soil. You have the soil that is shallow. And then you have fertile ground mm -hmm. or fertile soil. Those are four different, different types that you have when it comes to planting seed. How do you find fertile ground? Well, for me, this is just speaking from my own personal experience. I found fertile ground by associating with people who are doing the thing in their life and succeeding in ways that I myself want to succeed. I know that going back to the places that I've been that didn't produce the fruit that I wanted I, is the wrong place to go to. Right. Like, I can't go to familiar ground because it's familiar to me. I know my way around it. I know the best places to be in this familiar area, but none of that produced fruit. Right. So it's finding finding soil or finding relationships, find mentorships, find networks, find groups of people that are succeeding in ways. And then those that are succeeding in a way where they their, their goal is to impact and to share information. They're sharing seed because they have fruit. Mm -hmm. Typically, people that have a lot of seed to share means that they produce a lot of fruit, so there's an abundance of seed to go around. Their goal is to help others know how to grow their own fruit, not just simply give them seed. That's right. So once you grow that, once you plant the seed, then you have to water it, you have to nurture it. How does that correlate into life, into business? Because unless the, the listeners and the viewers are farmers, right. planting the seed's not really that big of a deal mm -hmm. in a literal sense, planting a seed. So how does planting a seed work in business? Right. Well, the one thing about it is the information that we get now that you and I have gotten, the information we're sharing, these are seeds in, this, in the sense that these is, this is knowledge, this information that's gained. And then you take that information and then you apply it. The applying it is the sowing of the seed in the, the soil. Sure. Now, the soil that we're talking about, obviously there's a literal soil, then we talk about proverbial soil. But our life in and of itself, God created us to be fruitful. And so we are fruitful by nature. Now, we can produce good fruit or bad fruit, but we're going to produce fruit one way or the other. Right. So taking the things that we've learned and then taking those things and applying them in the ways that, they've been told, that you've been told to apply them. Let's say an a, a apple grower gives you apple seed, and he tells you how to grow them. Well, you have knowledge of how to grow squash. So you take it, and you don't listen to this person. They've told you how to make this work. Well, I've grown squash before. I know what I'm doing. Right. You take the seed, and you do what you want to do with it, and then you come back and you cuss the apple grower and say, well, you gave me the seed. The seed is no good. You told me what to do. Well, did you do what I said? No, you did what you wanted to do. That's right. So it's taking the information and being intentional about doing the thing that you're supposed to do with what you've been given by listening to someone who succeeded at doing it. It's the mirror match concept. Like you said, you find the mentors, you find people that can pour into your life. Mm -hmm. And here's where this situation somewhat gets sticky is let's say that you're learning to dance as an example. Yeah. And when you dance, you, you out of habit, lean forward pretty dramatically. Mm -hmm. And the dance instructor tells you, no, no, you must lean back. So you lean back just a little bit. And already you feel off balance because yeah. you're used to being down here. You're used to leaning forward and they're telling you to lean back. So you lean back a little bit. Right. 
And then they walk in and they help you straighten up and they say, no, no, you lean back like this. Now you really feel, you feel like you're about to fall over. You feel like with every move, you're going to trip over your own two feet because you are off center. You're off balance of what you are accustomed to. Mm -hmm. From leaning forward, now you're standing straight up or leaning back, whatever the situation may be. Right, right. Yet to do that dance properly, you listen to the person that you hired. You listen to the coach to get you to where you need to be in that dance rotation. It's just like in life. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of mentors that pull in, uh, pour into me. Right. And these people are everybody from very well-known public speakers to influencers on online. They pour into me, and some of the stuff that they tell me just makes no sense to me. Right, right. Yet, that's when you get to the point of, am I going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. when they had the experience? They are tried, they are true, they are tested, they are proven. Right. My stuff, not so much. So am I going to listen to what the experts are telling me? Or am I going to go off of my own ideas, my own thoughts? Right. That's when you realize, are you being planted in fertile ground? Are you being planted on rocky or, or stony ground? You know, the Bible talks about build your house on a firm foundation. Mm-hmm. Same concept goes with seeds. You must plant in a fertile foundation. You must know who is pouring into you. You must know what they're pouring into you. And you must be very, very intentional, very intentional about exactly how they are leading you and guiding you and directing you. That's one of the reasons why on this podcast we utilize the Bible. Because we could come here and we could tell you stories from the Bible and never reference the Bible. Yet, we are giving you scripture to back up what we are talking about. If you want to dispute it with us, that's fine. Go to the Bible. Use what the Bible tells us how to incorporate and how to properly navigate the storms of life and the storms of planting your seeds. Again, whether they're literal seeds, whether it's a watermelon seed or whether it's the seeds of your dreams, whether it's the seeds of your relationships, you got to be very intentional about where you plant your seeds. Yeah. And, And you have to have a willingness to listen. Pride the Bible talks about pride a lot because it says pride comes before the fall. Right. Well, when you when you think you know everything, knowing everything it means you've limited yourself from learning anything. You know, because if you're at a place where you feel like you know it all, who can tell you anything? That's right. And people that are already doing it and succeeding at it can look at you and tell whether you know it or not. So if you're telling them, I, "Yeah, I got it, I know," and they're looking at you and your life looks different, they they are less inclined to want to help you. Because you are a hard-hearted person. This is kind of what the parable is talking about. Someone who's hard-hearted isn't receptive to the Word of God. Someone who's hard-hearted or a soil that's hard isn't receptive to good seed. Seed isn't the problem. Your hard heart, your ground is. The thing that I love is, you know, I love watching babies. And and, and say, well, what in the heck do you love watching babies for? Well, it's because babies 
are, they're, they, they seem helpless. They, they start out a certain way, but there's this determination in them to, to do things mm-hmm. and to learn things. And all they, 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 they're not thinking about, well, I, I, I already know. I don't, I don't want to know that. I don't want to do that. They're, they're curious about everything. They're trying to do all these different things, and they're going to trust the people that are around them. And the one thing about a baby is when a baby is crawling, just because that's all the baby's known to do doesn't mean the baby doesn't want to walk. That's right. It's the first chance the baby gets to, to walk, the, it, it, the baby tries. Tries to stand up and tries to walk. Maybe a little scary, but the baby tries anyway. And then can fall flat on his face and try to get right back up to walk again. Mm-hmm. And then when you take their arms and hold them and walk with them and show them how to walk, they're, they're, they move their little legs and they're wobbling, that's right. but they'll get it. All of us are walking today because we were once babies that failed that kept getting back up. We have to do that same thing in these situations in our life where things don't look good, but we planted a seed and we don't see anything. So are you willing to keep tilling? Are you willing to keep nurturing? Are you willing to keep uh, tending to the soil? Are you willing to keep watering even though you don't see fruit yet? Well, keep doing it because the baby kept getting up. That's why me and you are able to walk now because we were babes that got up and kept walking. Right. And now it's second nature. So success can be second nature too if you just get back up. You don't lay down because you've, you've struggled or lay down because you haven't succeeded yet. Keep getting up. Where do you feel that gets lost at as you grow? People start businesses. Well, what's the numbers? 95% of businesses fail within the first five mm-hmm. years. And of that, 95% fail with, before 10 years, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Which means that very few businesses truly succeed. Right. Where does it get lost at? In the sense of growing up as a baby, mm-hmm. you are determined you're going to walk. Mm-hmm. You don't know that you don't know how to walk. Right. You just see all these giant humans around you walking around and you're crawling. Mm-hmm. And you are determined to take those steps and you don't quit. It's not like you get up as a baby, as an infant. Mm-hmm. And you fall down and you say, well, I gave it a try. Right. I tried. <laughs> I tried. Uh, clearly, this walking thing, it's just not it's for me. not for me, right. So how do you continue on that process? Mm-hmm. How do you continue on? And where do so many people lose that ability as they get older? They start a business, they fall, and they say, you know what, I'm done. That's it. Mm-hmm. Where does that get lost at? Sight. Because we've seen so much, we've experienced so much, the things we see and our experiences begin to shape the things that we believe. You know, babies don't know what they don't know. We have these, this life experience, and we tend to allow our life experience to speak louder or speak uh, uh, greater um, than the grace of God, or the things that God himself has said about us or to us. And what happens so many times is we will have something that will happen and we will be so historical in our references. Well, we remember the last time we failed and this looks like the last failure. So in my mind, now I'm I'm so smart, I'm I'm an adult now, I'm not gonna make the same mistake I made before. I messed up last time, I failed then, this looks like that, so I'm gonna quit ahead of time. So we'll have this idea in our head that one failure means the next thing that looks like it is also a failure. 
Well, we talked one, uh, once before about, uh, I think the last episode, we talked about disruption and intention. If I've done something with intention, the disruption doesn't mean I'm on the wrong path. The disruption is, is happening because the law of polarity said it's going to happen. Right. If there's an up, there's a down. There's a good, there's an evil. If there's intention, there's disruption. So we can get to a point where we lose sight of, of the intention because we're so focused on the disruption and we can so, be so focused on it that the disruption becomes a distraction and we stop doing the very thing that we need to do in order to, to succeed in the area that we say we want to succeed. And a baby doesn't do that. A baby doesn't think about any of that. It's a, so like a seed, a seed in the ground, a seed is going to grow and it's just going to, I don't care what's beside it. You plant two seeds side by side, one can be an orange tree, one can be an apple tree. The orange seed isn't looking at the apple seed. The apple seed isn't looking at the, the orange seed. It's going to do what's in it. To grow and produce apples is what's in it to do. So it's just going to do it without concern about what's happening around it. God created us in that same way. That's why there's so many uh, um, references in the Bible about seed, about soil, about fruit. And all these things, these are, these are types for how God created us. God is a creator. He created us to create things. So he gave us the ability to be fruitful. And so he wants us to simply do what's in us to do. The problem is most of us don't know what the heck is in us. So we don't know what to do. We do what we've always done and never take the time to learn what we need to be doing. How much of that would you think is based on comfort zone? A, a whole lot of it. Because it's easier to do the thing you're comfortable doing than to, to lean into the, into the discomfort. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like uh, having uh, when, you, when you want to, uh, to finish a, a table, like a, a wooden table. It has all these knots and bumps and all that stuff on it. When you run your hand across it, you might get splinters if you don't sand it. But in order to get it to where it's smooth and things work like they should uh, or they look like they should, it requires sandpaper. It requires some abrasion. So our life is the same way. If we don't lean into the disruption, into the sandpaper, into the thing that's abrasive, those knots on us, that wrong thinking, all those things that get in the way of us becoming and being and doing the things we're supposed to become and, 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 and do, we don't do them because we still have these things that that uh, just that, uh, prevent us from becoming all we're supposed to uh, become because God will allow us to go through things so that these things can, can, can be rubbed off of us, mm -hmm. that we can be refined. You know, and if we're not refined, then we're going to have all these impurities that get in the way and it prevents us from doing the very thing that we've been created to do, but we don't do them because every time we're in a situation where this thing is happening that's uh, uncomfortable, that's going to help get out of us those things that are in us, we shrink away from it because there's pain. And sometimes healing hurts. Healing does hurt, and there is pain with it. Whenever you switch career paths, whenever mm -hmm. you switch what you're doing, it's going to come with a certain level of pain. Oh, yeah. And you know me well. You know that I have a 20-year history in the commercial services business. Yeah. And I switched my focus and my career path some time ago. And I vividly remember the pain and the struggles with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because number one, you go from something that you have been accustomed to for many, many, many years, mm -hmm. something that you know very well, into something that you have an idea about simply because you have studied it for right. many years before you even started yourself. 
and you go into it with a brand new identity and shifting your identity, having an identity crisis is one of the hardest things that you go through. You know, you go through an identity crisis when you have no kids and then you have your first kid, then you have your second, then your third. It's, it's a new identity every time around. Right. You go through a new identity when you get married or divorced. You go through a new identity when you are viewed as this work person and then you switch to this work person, especially when it's a huge shift. Yet, when God calls you to plant your seed in different ways, in different arenas, how do you know if it's God telling you to do it or if it's ego? Or if it's just you're tired of what you were doing, how do you know? Get on your knees. Like you have to pray your way through it. I mean, the Bible says that God knows the plans that he has for us. And if he knows the plans, you can't plan your life without it. Like you have to consult with him about the things that's going on in your life and the desire to know what's happening or what you're supposed to be doing. You have to go to him. I cannot go anywhere else and get the information about me because I didn't create me, he created right. me. So no one else has the power or authority to speak over me in the way that the creator does. You know, I would consult Apple about a Ford truck. Why would I do that? Ford created it. it they built it. They know all the intricacies of this vehicle. So why in the heck would I, would I consult with someone that didn't create it? Right. So in order to find these things out, we have to go to him and not wait until things get so bad in our life and things get so chaotic that we can't see our way clear and we're in a position where we'll take anything because what will happen then, if we're in such a desperate situation, the enemy will dangle something that looks like the thing we need and we'll grab it because we're so desperate. Desperation will cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do when your rational mind is available to you, but you're in survival mode. And so instead of waiting until you can be deceived because you're in such a position, you're so desperate, anything looks like hope, go to your knees and pray and ask God to show you yourself, not help you do what you want to do, but show you who he created and what it is that you're here for. Not what am I, but why am I here? Mm. That leads you to being unstoppable yes sir it truly does because the bible talks about i can do all things through christ who strengthens me that's mm -hmm. great philippians 4 13 yet you also have to be in alignment with your purpose with mm -hmm. what you're supposed to be doing right with what god created you to be with what god created you to do we all have different skill sets we all have different skill levels there is no point in attempting to be something that you were not you can never be authentic being somebody that you were not created to be so when you go out and you understand what you are purposed here for when you understand the reason that god stitched you together in your mother's womb and what purpose you have here, you become unstoppable. And 
when you have God in your life, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. You can accomplish anything. You can accomplish everything. You know, we are not here to be everything to everybody, but you are here to be who you're supposed to be to who you're supposed to be it to. That looks different for everybody. You know, you have churches that have tens of thousands of people in them, and you have churches that operate each week with 10 people. You have churches that being the pastor is that pastor's full-time job. You have churches that the pastor can't even take a salary because there's no money there. Does that mean that one was called more than the other? I don't believe so. I believe that they were called to the same ministry. Now, there are marketing. There are techniques that one's utilizing that the others are not to draw in more people. That's, that's not debatable. Yet, when you are called to minister to people, as an example, minister to who God has you there to minister to. Some people may make a huge name out of their ministry, and some people might not. Some people might have a business that goes on to generate millions or tens of millions or billions of dollars, and some do not. Yet when you know your worth, when you know your value, when you know what you bring to the table and you're in alignment with what God ordained you to do, it will grow. It will be exactly what it's meant to be. Now, again, there are techniques. There, are, there is marketing. There is all that. You can have the best sermons. You can have the best podcast. You can have the best everything. But yet, if nobody knows about it, it's not going to go anywhere. So you also got to know how to get what you're doing out to people. And there are times where people come along beside of you, and they see you, and they believe in you, and they have your missing piece. You know, you come in, and you're putting together a business. And all of a sudden, somebody comes into your life that has done business on a much larger scale than what you have ever even imagined. And they pour into you. There are people that have church ministries that they are poured into by higher level pastors, if that's even the proper way to say it. They're poured into by pastors that have a more sustained ministry than what others do. That goes back to exactly what you were saying earlier about term was the dumbest person in the room. You know, I'm here to tell you that's the best room to be in. It is the best. It's intimidating. It's scary. It's it might fuel some anxiety. It's the best room to be. I remember one of my very first speaking engagements live on stage. I was around a lot of powerhouses. I was around people that had been doing it for decades. I was intimidated. And I don't get intimidated very easily. But you know what? That was the best room for me to be in right at that very moment. When you're the smartest person in the room, find yourself a new room. Always find those that you can grow from. Always find those that you can pour into and help them grow. It's a slingshot effect. 
In fact, this episode, this episode of Hustle Faithfully podcast was brought to you by Slingshot's book, 13 Powerful Catapults for Life Transformation. Get your copy today at www.bit.ly backslash slingshots hyphen Amazon. Again, that's bit.ly backslash slingshots hyphen Amazon for your copy of Slingshots, 13 Powerful Catapults for Life Transformation. Thank you, Slingshots, for the, indoor, uh, for the sponsorship. So when you are progressing to that next level, what have we established today? You must plant that seed on rocky ground. Right? Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Yeah, it's <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> you must plant that seed on fertile ground. Yes, sir. And then you must nurture it. You must see to it that it grows and that it expands. When my kids who had the watermelon plant in the yard see that first watermelon and we eat watermelon that first night, my Haley Noel is going to think back and think of all the time that it took to grow that watermelon months and months and months, maybe years. I don't know how long it takes a watermelon to grow. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll tell you, having a family of eight, that watermelon is going to be gone in minutes. It took months or a year to cultivate, yet in minutes it's gone. But they're having to do it on fertile ground. What's your dream? What's your vision? What is your calling? Plant it on fertile ground and tend to it daily. Stay to its growth daily. Keep it growing daily. And you will get there. Take those small steps each and every single day. Climb one rung on the ladder. You don't have to make big strides. You don't have to make huge, huge, huge accomplishments. Just one little step and you'll be there. Amen. Live life with intent and not by default. And you'll learn to live life on your own terms. Powerful. Guys, remain blessed and remain unstoppable. We will see you again next week for episode four of Hustle Faithfully podcast. Until then, be blessed. Be unstoppable. Thank you for listening to Hustle Faithfully. Be sure to tune in next Thursday, 12 noon Eastern, for another inspirational word from Jonathan Ellis, the champion maker, and Ricardo McNelly. Again, that is next Thursday, 12 noon Eastern, with Hustle Faithfully. Until then, stay positive, stay motivated, much love.